You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us, Corey Chonsky with Fairwinds Capital Investments. Uh, Corey's originally from North Dakota, and he is a longtime Navy veteran. And, you know, he, when he was in the Navy, actually, he had a lot of time, he had some time. Uh, to start, you know, investing in real estate. He started with purchasing distressed single family properties, renovating them. And then he was able to, you know, when he became an officer, he was still able to double his real estate portfolio pretty much every year uh, and lead over 140 uh, Navy officers. Uh, So really cool uh, Navy background. And now he's managing, uh, primarily uh, focusing on asset management, but he's involved in pretty much everything in regards to commercial real estate uh, syndications, you know, uh, multifamily properties uh, across three states, Virginia, Maryland, and Texas. He's got about $83 million under management, and he has about $10 million in renovations going on right now. But today we're going to focus on uh, asset management and how, you know, us as general partners, uh, uh, you know, my company, we're general partners as well, meaning we're active participants in uh, any real estate deal that other partners, limited partners are investing with alongside us. We're actively managing communication. Um, we're recording this kind of Q4 2022. So a lot of stuff in the market going on right now, interest rates higher. So still having supply chain issues and um, a lot of negative headlines. So how, Corey, how do you kind of keep your investors informed? And what are you doing to kind of, um, you know, lessen the, um, the headline scariness of, of everything going on every single day, um, is that actually affecting your business? And um, what kind of communication are you uh, utilizing moving forward? Yeah, so I mean, it's obviously really important to keep everyone involved. You know, we, we also have other partners that we bring into particular deals. So we, we find it that that is important, obviously, to kind of be open and transparent as much as possible when communicating what's going on with the particular property. Um, I mean, some of it is is, you know, properties that you currently have under management versus what you're trying to bring into your portfolio and how the current debt market impacts that. Because obviously, it impacts it, you know, you know, differently than, you know, something that has a bridge loan where you have a you know rate cap versus something that has that's fixed debt. Um, so I mean they you know that that kind of leads into how people may be concerned. But you know as people kind of reach out, uh, you want to basically be open and transparent whether it's a limited partner or a general partner. And so we we obviously do our investor updates. Um, we do that on a monthly or a quarterly basis depending on what's going on with the project. And that's where we do a lot of things in terms of keeping people up to date in terms of the progress of the property, you know, where we're at in stabilization. Um, We also use Slack a lot for our communications with our general partners uh, that, you know, are part of any particular deal. So we create different channels in our Slack channel and we, you know, we discuss certain things as they come up inside that Slack channel. 
because a lot of those partners have an investor relation role um, as part of their you know partnership in the deal. And so we we may not necessarily be communicating to each particular investor at any given moment because you know there's there's some uh, you know walls that you kind of want to put up when you're dealing with other people's investors that come into a particular deal. But that's why it's important to make sure that you're communicating with your other general partners so that you know they can be open and transparent to their investors and and are able to answer any of those specific questions that they they come up. Um, and outside of those monthly or quarterly updates, you know, if there's something that comes up um, that is relevant and it shouldn't necessarily wait, you know, we'll send out quick, short updates through our syndication portal uh, just so people are kept up, you know, informed of what's going on. Excellent. Uh, what has been the number one question you've received over the past few months from your current limited partners or even your general partners um, that you've had to answer? Yeah, so I think uh, the biggest one, we have a portfolio deal here in Virginia that we're trying to refinance. Um, there's some short, short-term short rental income associated with that. So that has created some challenges. And so I, I would I would say it's really been kind of where we're at with the process of either we we wanted to sell it. We put it on the market kind of right around on the same time that, you know, the market or the the rate market kind of went crazy. So that has led to some some challenges. So we're kind of dual pathing between trying to still sell the property, but also try to refinance it. So that's probably where I've gotten the vast majority of my my questions and concerns is dealing with that portfolio. Um, we did actually have the property under contract for a, a period of time. Um, unfortunately, it, the due to the rate market, the the buyers did choose to back out of that. Um, and so I, I definitely say that portfolio is kind of what's garnered most of the uh, questions that I've been fielding recently. So it's been pretty much property level, <laughs> asset level specific questions. Um, do you guys provide any market updates in terms of what's going on with the current markets you're concentrated in? Or do you focus really on, I mean, if people are investing in the specific deal, I'm sure they, that's the number one priority to know what's going on with that property. Um, but do you provide any sort of other market information um, or, you know, any macro information, uh, you know, as part of your communication? Um, I would say we do that. Um, we kind of really front load that a lot in terms of as we're going into the deal. If any of those market fundamentals change, um, you know, we we're happy to provide that information to investors. But it's something that, you know, depending on what the whole period is for your your property, uh, a, a lot of times those market fundamentals aren't necessarily changing that fast. Um, typically that that I've noticed in, in at least the areas that we we've invested in. Um, but, you know, when when something happens, say, like here in um, Chesapeake, you know, they they brought in an Amazon, a large Amazon distribution center. You know, when those sort of things happen, you know, that's something that we like to push out to our investors. But but a lot of times you're focusing on those fundamentals when you go in and you're pitching a deal to investors. Um, so it I haven't really had anything where the major market fundamentals have changed during a deal where we've we've focused on that as part of our message. And how do you um, deliver and not every business, you know, in terms of every day is not perfect. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's always stuff going on. You mentioned you had issues with some short-term rental income. Um, you know, what's the best way to deliver bad news um, and communicate that? And then, you know, hopefully it turns <clears throat> out uh, the opposite direction in, in your favor eventually. What's the best way you've seen to communicate that to kind of alleviate any concerns? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you you don't ever want to have to have bad news to, you know, bring to your investors. But if you're dealing with real estate, it's inevitable that there's going to be something that happens. And it's one of those things that I feel it's best to just kind of get it out there. Uh, you do want to craft it in such a way that, you know, you know, one of my partners, when he, it's it's probably better that I do a lot of crafting of the messaging. Uh, so he's just kind of like, he puts it there and then he just lets it, you know, sit. And so I always have to like go back through and be like, okay, yes, we had this thing happen at whatever property. Uh, this, you know, you just need to provide some additional details. Like, hey, this is what led to the issue. This is what we're doing about it. And, you know, based on, you know, the responses or anything, you you may want to add some additional detail, but it's important to kind of like put, you know, craft it in such a way that you're talking about what led to the issue as well as how, how you're going to fix it. Um, And I feel like we get a good, good response from, from that. Like people obviously don't want something bad to be brought to their attention when it's, you know, it's been festering for some period of time. So in my opinion, it's really best as soon as something happens is to kind of get it out there, make sure that people understand that you're taking actions to correct whatever it may be. Yeah. And how detailed do you actually get? Um, I've been told when, when I first started my business and was involved with asset management, I was told it was way too detailed. We're evicting this tenant. Here's how much they haven't paid. It, it was how detailed do you get with your? I'm assuming you provide uh, monthly updates with the properties and uh, maybe quarterly financials. That's that's what we do. Um, so I would say it's changed depending on the what you know. When we first started syndicating, we were syndicating um, smaller portfolios that we got here in an oceanfront uh, neighborhood in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, so you're dealing with you know, something on the par of like 28 units, you know, 25 units. I felt like I got more detailed on each particular unit in that instance, as opposed to, you know, a Houston property that we have, you know, 121 units. Um, You know, if I'm talking about evictions, I'm saying, hey, we had, you know, we're working through, you know, 10 evictions or, you know, what have you, um, as opposed to like, hey, we evicted, you, you know, tenant, you know, in 5B, uh, we're turning that unit. So it, it kind of varies depending on the size of the property, in my my opinion. And I've I've really kind of moved more towards the away from the granular, you know, information to kind of the macro level uh, view of the property and saying, hey, you know, I give them like during our renovations for this property, you know, I break out like, hey, this is what we spent in terms of CapEx to this point. Um, and then if they want to like dig into specifically, you know, Hey, this is what we spent in each particular unit. I'm happy to do that. But I think your general investors probably not overly concerned about some of those, uh, you know, in the weed details that, you know, I deal with on a daily basis that I used to pass to investors when we first started. 
and I actually got feedback from investors like, Hey, this is, I, I don't really care about this much detail. And it was, yeah. so I, I want information out there, but at the same time, I don't want it to be a, a 10 page, you know, investor update. So if, if uh, investors typically, if, if there's an investor, I want some more information, they will reach out and then I'll, I'll be happy to go into those, you know, in the weed details that, uh, I've kind of moved away from as I've produced investor relation updates. Yeah, that's a good point. It, the, what you mentioned when you first started, similar to us, you know, you, you probably over detail and then you got feedback like, well, this is way too much detail. Um, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, so just, just summarize it. Um, I think feedback is key. Um, and that just comes along with what you said in the beginning. Uh, being just transparent and and honest and it's like sometimes too much is too much um but that that's that's great and in terms of um you know obviously you're in three different states right now um asset management requires boots on the ground um as well at at certain stages how often do you visit your properties under management uh i'd say so right now we have um, properties in Annapolis, Maryland um, that each of them have their own different aspects, right? So like a property in Annapolis, that's a that's a uh, conversion to a historic inn. So right now we're just dealing with the city. And so I go up there for, you know, important meetings and stuff like that. So yeah, I may go two times in a month and then I may not go for another three months, depending on what's going on with that one. Uh, for our Houston property, I've probably, so we have three properties in Houston now. So I'm probably down there. Um, I want to say this year, I probably average being down there every other month, I'd say, uh, depending on what's going on. Um, but, you know, we also have general contractors on site with project leads. So I'm able to get a good sense of what's going on at the property uh, with our you know, our site lead being on, on site. And so that may shift a little bit as we transition away from the majority of the renovations. And that may me, maybe require me to go down, you know, maybe on a monthly basis. Uh, but like I said, it, it really kind of depends on what's going on with the project at any given time. And for our stuff in, in Virginia here, I'm, it, I'm local to it. So it, it's pretty easy. I also have an assistant uh, asset management assistant here that uh, is able to kind of go pick up some of that slack as well. Uh, yeah. But we do like to get out there on a routine basis if we don't have someone on site at all times. Right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and so you're in Virginia. Are you, and you're, you know, you're selling, trying to sell some assets potentially in Virginia. Are you still looking to expand in the three states we mentioned before, kind of, you know, circling where you live? And is that why you're focusing in those markets? Yeah, I mean, we, we really like a couple different markets in Texas. Um, we uh, we had a property under contract in San Antonio that due to some criminal activity fell out of contract. Um, mm -hmm. But there, there are several markets in Texas that we do like. Uh, one of my partners, he's he's based out of Florida now. So, I mean, that's a there are several markets there local to him that we're excited about and would like to expand into. Um, there are still, we're still looking in Virginia, but there, there are other areas that we, we would like to, um, you know, grow and, um, besides Virginia. Right. Um, uh, it makes it, like you said, a lot, a lot easier <clears throat> to, to attack the markets, um, that you're currently in. Mm -hmm. Um, so 84, so how many units is that, uh, 84 million? 
Uh, it's about 680, I believe, somewhere right around there. That's great. And you mentioned before, um, you know, just a little bit for our audience, you have different uh, general partners. So obviously you're an active participant in putting together the deals and then managing them. Um, how many general partners do you work with in your deals? You know, uh, for us, we try to keep it pretty small, if, if, if any at all, outside. Um, just, you know, what's your experience been with decision making with other general partners and, and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, typically we're the lead sponsor on most of our deals. Um, and in that it's, you know, we we like to kind of discuss amongst the Fairwinds team, like the the path that we want to take a particular property. And once we kind of create that path and amongst ourselves, we go and bounce that against our general partners and say, hey, you know, you, you guys, they obviously have experience and they, you know, they're looking to be involved in the deal as well. And so it's it allows us to kind of create almost a finished product before we take it to them. And then they kind of help us fine tune that that plan moving forward. Uh, I would say typically. So, you know, we're still growing. So we typically will still take on a key principle when we bring on a deal. So I'd say outside of our, our key principle, we'll, we'll bring on two to three um, you know, on a bigger deal, maybe four additional GP partners. Uh, you know, they're they're involved in asset management, uh, assisting me, investor relations, capital raising. Um, but yeah, we, we would prefer to keep it smaller. Um, but, you know, kind of depending on what that capital equity stack looks like, you may you may need to bring some assistance in there. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Corey, as we wind down the show, how can my audience find you, reach out to you, learn more about you? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. We have our website, which is fwcinvestments.com. Uh, you can learn a lot about us. Uh, we're we're definitely pretty active on social media, so the, those are some of the probably the best ways you're going to get a hold of us. And then me personally, you can reach me at my email, which is c o r e y at fwcinvestments.com as well. Awesome, and we'll put a link to your email and your website in our show notes. And if you liked what you heard and or saw today, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. That would help uh, our message get out to a greater audience. Uh, and Corey, really appreciate you coming on today and enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excellent.